Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Welcome in Jaguars Drive Time. It is Thursday morning. The Jaguars getting ready for a home game against the San Francisco 49ers here on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Supposed to be beautiful weather here in Jacksonville. We're excited for it. We're excited for two home games in a row. Come on, Jags. Team. Come on. Get to and stay I, home. And I, I think these are two games that the Jaguars, if they play well and create turnovers, can win. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? I mean, when you looked at the schedule and you saw the Niners, and we all expected more from that team this year, and the Falcons, you thought, okay, those are going to be matchup problems. Um, but the way the defense is playing right now, and if you can get a solid running effort, um, you know, these are two where the Jaguars can get a little traction in this seven-game stretch. Mm-hmm. Can, but let's – I mean, <laughs> Well, I said can. No. I, I didn't say will. And I said can. It's been an amazing thing. This week I'm getting all these emails about – Hey, the 49ers are four and five. This is a game the Jaguars should get. No, I wouldn't say I'm should. I'm not going to put it in should. No. I mean, and the 49ers are saying the exact same thing. Well, they are, and they deserve to be saying the exact same thing because the 49ers are. They have a, a better roster. And a physical team. You bet. Uh, talking to Bucky Brooks in the Huddle Up podcast last night, he watches the entire league much more than I do. Said, out of all the teams Jags play, this is the one that will test them physically. Even beyond the Titans, even beyond the Colts, this is the most physical thing they'll face. A Oof. huge test for this defense. Line. Well, when you look, or, or well, just real quick, just, when you look at their roster, they have George Kittle, um, Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. um, uh, Eric Armstead, they, Fred Warner. They have four or five players who you can right now say they're in the top five at their position. Yeah. Right? So you've got to be able to go match up with those guys. But – they're coming across the country after a Monday night game, playing what's a 10 o'clock game at their right. time. Your defense is playing well. You could, if you create turnovers and play well, get a win. Now we'll I'm see. smiling, Schlin, because as he said, George Kittle, I'm thinking, if I was a 49ers offensive coordinator, I would have a package of plays called Kittle over the middle. <laughs> and just call it that's that. Just, that's just how I would roll. <laughs> Well, you're not the offensive coordinator, but I see where you're going with that. Don't you wish you was? I kind of do. Kittle over the yeah. middle. Especially this week. So watch Kittle over the middle. Watch Kittle over the middle. All right, you're a smart guy. Big thing one is figuring things out. How is this offense going to score more points? 33 points in three weeks. I feel like I've said that 33 times this week. It's been mm-hmm. the major theme. Figuring things out. How are you going to get LaVisca Chanel and Jamal Agnew the ball? Going to have to get creative here, and really everyone just has to play better. We got to play better, all of us. You know, I got to play. I got to play better for those guys up front, for the receivers. I got to. I got to throw the ball better. Um, they got to make some more plays. Like just all the way around, we all got to be better. You know, it's not one-sided. So that's a conversation that you do have to have, and we we've been having that. And I think we're in a good spot. And I know it's all going to come together, but um, we're hoping this is the week. You know, that's what we're working for. Big thing, too, is tight ends. Kittle in the middle. George Kittle is a mismatch problem, and Urban Meyer called him the best tight end in the game yesterday, and he's not wrong. How do you defend him? Well, it helps that the defense is playing the way they want to play. Definitely don't want guys out there thinking too much on the field. Um, whatever is comfortable for guys to run, whatever they feel comfortable in, you know, we try to keep the communication open between the coaches. And I mean, we're out there playing, so... Uh, they want to keep us comfortable and keep our minds clear so we can play fast, play physical, whatever it is. 
Big Thing 3 is getting healthy. Brandon, Linder, and James O'Shaughnessy back on the practice field for the Jaguars yesterday. That is big news. James Robinson still dealing with that bruised heel, also a knee injury that has popped up. So it looks like he'll continue to be questionable, but seems to be optimistic that he's going to keep playing through these injuries. And Brian, they're going to need all three of those guys. Yeah, it, it, it's worrisome with the knee now added to the heel. It's, yeah. it's tough enough for a running back to deal with one. Now, um, and, and look, uh, no disrespect intended to Carlos Hyde. He's going to get a chance to run against his former team, so hopefully he'll be motivated. But he's just not the same guy. Mm-hmm. There's something about Robinson that is tough to define, and yet he's so tough. You hope he gets out on the field on Sunday and give you 10, 12, 15 good carries. You know, what you hope for the sake of this offense, which you know, it feels to me like the offense with James Robinson, uh, and the stats bear it out, but it also feels that way watching him. They're about a 17-20 point offense with James Robinson on the field. That's fair. Where they can drive, they can hope once a half to put together an extended drive, finish it off, which is hard to do in the NFL, and then get 17 or 20. Without James Robinson, they've been an 11-point offense, and it's felt like an 11-point offense. So what you hope, Schlen, over the course of this, you know, next nine games, with a heel and a knee now, you hope at some point he can get past that. it feels like something because of the nature of the industry. I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Um, it feels like that could linger because of where it is on his body. Yeah. Let's hope for his sake and the Jaguars' sake it doesn't because I, I misjudged even at the beginning of the season how much they were going to need him, how dependent they would be on him, but they are. Well, yeah, it, it certainly is different now with DJ Chark and Travis Etienne not playing. I think when we saw the, all those draft picks, we thought, okay, James Robinson is going to be a complimentary. Now he's the guy. And you wonder with these injuries, and none of us are doctors, is it worth him sitting a week and resting? And does that, does that week even make a difference? Well, the lifespan of an NFL football player on average is less than four years. For a running back, it's less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's healthy enough to play, he's going to want to play. Yeah. Right? Uh, but if he's not, he's not. So you, you have to rely on the medical training staff here to tell you, Coach, you can go or Coach, you can't. And if you can't, you just have to keep moving, mm-hmm. right? This is a guy, because he does so many different things well, the screen out of the backfield, the wheel route. Uh, he's got that little shake where he it's not like Fred Taylor's shake, but just kind of freezes a guy enough for him to get right by him. And then, of course, he can put his shoulder down and play with power. He gives you everything that you need to be efficient on offense when John makes that face it's because an air horn goes off in the hallway and we're always frightened by it every morning I'm frightened by many things but (laughs) especially that one (laughs) the air horn is the thing today (laughs) all right let's quickly touch on big thing too which is George Kittle how the heck are they going to defend this guy they've had so many problems with tight ends Kittle in the middles tight ends in the middle it's been an issue. Well, you're not going to take him away, right? I mean, you hope to limit his impact to some degree, but nobody ever takes this guy away. He is – is he the highest-paid tight end in football? Or has he been surpassed yet? Uh, Henry I think, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, they're right there at the very top. Much. I mean, he's – everything runs through him on their offense. And you're, you're just – they get him open. They find ways to get him where he can be impactful. I was really impressed with that block he made on, uh, on Von Miller the other night. I had never seen him block like that. A complete tight end and a guy that is going to be a matchup problem. Yeah, and more importantly, uh, I, I Samuel gets his yards because he's the kind of guy to do it. Um, George Kittle is the guy who gets the yards that really hurt you. Uh, 
every time I see a highlight of him, it feels like he's hitting a little crosser and turning it into a big play. Uh, I think the key for the Jaguars is away from these two guys, can they stop the run well enough? Because the 49ers were brutally good against the Rams uh, running the ball. They have to stop that first and get the 49ers out of situations where it's easy for Kittle and Samuel to make plays. Uh, It's the running game early that I think is going to be the key. If they're slowing it down a little bit in the first half, they have a chance. If the 49ers roll to an easy drive like they are want to do, um, look out. You know, you mentioned look out. you mentioned the running game. That fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, uh, if you recall the game in 2017, he was he was the X factor in that game because there was so much attention paid to Kittle that he was able to escape and he was always open. I mean, it was I think he had seven catches that day, mm-hmm. and I think he only had 45 or 50 yards. But they moved the chains and kept drives alive at key moments. So it's not just George Kittle. My uh, Kyle Shanahan is incredibly good at getting a guy open. Mm-hmm. He's very good at scheming those open and running different plays from different personnel groups than you're expecting. This is a mental game this week. You've got it to is. be on it. Lots of mismatch problems. It's going to be a tough game for the Jaguars here on Sunday against the 49ers. And speaking of the 49ers, Keanu Martin, senior team reporter for San Francisco, joins us here on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jags Drive Time is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. This segment of Jaguars Drive Time has been brought to you by Lexus of Jacksonville and Lexus of Orange Park, members of the Fields Auto Group. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time. It is Thursday morning. The Jaguars getting ready for a big game against the San Francisco 49ers. And now we are joined by senior team reporter Kiana Martin, who has woken up at 7 a.m. in California. So <laughs> thank you, Kiana. We appreciate you. No worries. Yeah, it's Still quite early over here on the West Coast team. Hasn't uh, headed out to Jacksonville just as of yet. They'll uh, be making that trip on Friday, Friday afternoon. But still early, but I'm glad to be joining you guys. How's everything going over there? We are good. We're excited for a home game, that's for sure. And we all watched from our couch Monday night football, and I read all about how the Rams were supposed to just absolutely dominate the 49ers, and the opposite happened. So tell us about it. Uh, yeah, I think it took a lot of people by surprise, but not necessarily people in-house. Uh, coming into this game, you know, 49ers obviously not sitting where they know that they should be, especially looking at the talent they have on that roster. Um, but going into this game, knowing kind of what's on the line, knowing what this team is capable of, uh, the mindset was much different. Uh, they've, If you look at their matchups against the Rams, the 49ers have actually matched up quite well. Uh, over the last couple of years, looking back, um, the last two years, having those season sweeps and kind of bringing that on. And I think a lot of people, and if you just look at these storylines heading into Monday Night Football, you're looking at this Rams team with all of these new shiny pieces. You've got Matt Stafford under center. You have uh, Vaughn Miller 
who uh, you got in that trade with the Denver Broncos. You bring in OBJ. So I think absolutely the 49ers were looking like underdogs, but this team knows it doesn't matter who you bring. This team wants to bring their A game, and they have so much to prove, and they were able to do that on primetime. Big picture, Kiana. Uh, how has Jimmy Garoppolo handled the dynamic in the quarterback room? When you when you take a quarterback in the top five, you generally assume that one guy's on the way out and the other guy's on his way in eventually. Has that played into the season and the struggles at all, or has Jimmy handled it like a champ? Give us a you know a, a thirty thousand foot view of how the quarterback room has played out this season. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you know, you are the leader of this team and you hear that essentially this front office has jumped up nine spots and they are targeting a quarterback. Now, Jimmy said that one, he was very grateful that the 49ers were very open with him about what was going on. But of course, he was upset. Uh, And I believe he kind of there was a chip on his shoulder and that kind of played into how he showed up to off-season workouts, how he showed up to training camp. Um, Players and head coach uh, Kyle Shanahan alike all said that Jimmy came to to work a little different. It it wasn't the same Jimmy Garoppolo that we've seen in years past. So now let's fast forward to season. Uh, 49ers have dealt with a little bit of a struggle, but Kyle Shanahan said that he is at that moment and at this moment the best quarterback in the building for the job and gives the 49ers the best chance to win. I know a lot of fans have been calling to see Trey Lance, but I think we kind of got to take a step back and remember that this guy has only played a handful of games in college. Uh, I I feel like this is going to be more of a process. Uh, We're going to have to have a little bit of patience before we see Trey Lance kind of take over the entire offense. But uh, he might be waiting a little longer because of the way Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing over these last three games. Um, He's been playing clean football, decisive football. Um, The 49ers, have their offense has found a way to get clicking. Uh, And Jimmy Garoppolo has really been kind of taking the steps that this team necessarily needed, uh, especially as they're looking into the second half of the season and trying to make that I don't like saying the word, but that playoff push, I know we're still, it's a lot of football to be played. But if Jimmy Garoppolo continues to play at the level that he is right now, it might be a while until we see Trey Lance fully taking charge of uh, the offense. Where's this team's confident level right now? They're four and five, uh, but they've got to feel like if they win this week, they're back in it. Um, Is that how they're approaching it? And uh, do you see this as a team that can make that kind of push? That's it, kind of exactly what's going on. Um, I actually spoke with a couple of guys yesterday, and that win against the Rams was such a momentum builder. And now it's just how do you take that and how do you carry that along the rest of the season? Monday night was probably the most complete game that we saw the 49ers play this entire season. It's been a little lopsided in other times of the season. And maybe at one point, especially a couple of weeks ago against the Chicago Bears, the defense was – uh, struggling a little bit. Offense finally caught its wind in the second half of the game. But going into Monday night, Monday night, if they can continue what we saw on the field there and continue that throughout the season, I feel like this team has the opportunity to take it to that next level. Uh, if you look at the NFC picture right now, uh, you have your teams that are sitting at the top. And you know who are going to be those teams that you're going to see play January football. But beyond that, Some teams are starting to slide. Some teams are starting to move up. So there's a lot of opportunity for this 49ers team. But honestly, their fate is 
realistically in their own hands. They know what lies ahead and they'll have to be the ones that essentially keep them in that mix uh, as we finish off the second half of the season. Absolutely. Jaguars looking to play upset on a 49ers team that is riding high, just like Kiana said. Kiana, thank you so much for joining us on Jaguars Drive Time this morning. Absolutely. I'll see you guys on Sunday. Sounds good. We'll see you here in Jacksonville when we come up on the Jaguars Digital Network. Some he will, he won't, he might. That's next. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes. Homes that fit your lifestyle. And Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time. It is Thursday, brought to you by Fields Auto Group. Time for some he will, he won't, he might, going into Sunday's game against the 49ers. Brian, you are up. Um, yeah, I remember when Miles Jack was, uh, was selected in the 2016 draft, we heard about his coverage skills. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't always seen it. He's been better going forward necessarily than dropping back, but there was the story that he covered the uh, the USC wideout, uh, Nelson Aguilar, who had also been a second-round pick that year. Um, we're going to need to see the coverage skills this week. Uh, George Kittle is a powerful player, and Miles Jack is going to need to be able to switch back and forth from playing the run, which he does so well, in the past. So he will have to be, by necessity, a shutdown coverage guy this week. He won't shut him down. Uh, no one wow. does. No one does. What's going uh, on here? No one does. <laughs> no one shuts Kittle down. But if he can limit it, right? If he can get him at the chains, if he can make a play here or there to break serve, as John has wanted to say, uh, that will be enough. Um, and I will say that Miles Jack might get an interception this week because if he's in coverage and Kittle has the ball thrown, we haven't. Was the last interception you saw from Miles? Was it a while ago? Was it 2017? Um, it's been a while. No, it was last year against Cincinnati. Okay, there you go. We need to see it. There you go. We need to see it. Nice pull, John. It was, there you go. It, it, it was he, a great interception too. He's recall, a critical player. I do. I do now that you say right it in the, the end corner zone. Of the end yeah. <laughs> go ahead, John. Uh, You're on your high horse today. My he will. He won't. He, he might is uh, Matthew Wright and. He will continue to be under scrutiny because as well as he's played and as big a kicks as he's had, he also continues to have a hiccup each game, which is not unexpected of a young kicker, but it's what he's going through right now. Um, he won't uh, ever be a guy, I don't think, to do what they would like him to do on kickoffs. He, he has taken over kickoff duties from Logan Cook because – it sounded from what Urban said a few weeks ago, they're concerned about over-kicking and the motion on Logan Cook's punts. So they put Matthew Wright on kickoffs. Uh, it is contributing to the shorter kickoffs. It's an area that I expect him to address and try to figure out. But he might, Schlen, he might, because that's the third one here. He might. Uh -huh. um, he might wind up still being the most important player, in a sense, on this roster going forward because all the games are going to be close. If you think about it, the two games they've won have been because of Matthew Wright in a very real sense. He had three field goals against the Bills. Without him kicking field goals that probably are out of his range in London, they don't win. So he might, Schlen, be the hero again on Sunday. Or he might not. But, but, <laughs> but he might. Should we add that? He will, he won't, he might, yeah. or he might not? Or he might not. And that's always the other side of he might. I, I totally yes. get it. <laughs>
and he might but be the most important the player on the but roster. Thursday. But he's he's somehow clutch when it comes down to yeah. it. He hits those kicks, so he might win it on Sunday because I don't think they're going to win very many games without him kicking well because they're going to be field goal games. Yeah, he's the pressure guy. Likes the pressure on him he to is make the, the kick. Guy. Yeah, nothing. And I believe you have a he will, he won't, he might. I do. Right. It is LaVisca Chenault Jr. He will, for lack of a better term, just figure it out. Coach Meyer said yesterday in his press conference, yeah, LaVisca Chenault has to play better. Very similar to the offseason when we heard Coach Meyer said, yeah, DJ Chark has to play better this season. He does have to play better, and I think he will on Sunday. You won't see him very much on the outside anymore as much. I think Coach Meyer alluded to that yesterday. He's much more efficient as a slot receiver, and the hope is that Jamal Agnew, if he can figure it out on the outside, you'll see him much more. So I think we will see LaVisca Chenault more in his more natural position this week. And he might get a touchdown this week because he has to. Brian and John, this is a guy that has to get going. We expected so much from him, and Coach Meyer said it yesterday. He's got to play better. Well, Coach Meyer also said yesterday that they had to settle on a spot for him. Yeah. And Can't so, keep switching him around. Well, hopefully that spot is inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's t- – I mean, uh, you're right and they're right. They have to settle. Um, and I've gotten a ton of emails about this. Why did they even move him? Well, they're in a tough spot. They kind of have to. Because yeah. when you look at Jamal Agnew, he does the slot things probably as well as LaVisca. And, and you can understand why coaches were – hesitant to put Jamal outside and why they wanted to put Chenault outside because he's probably the best outside they have even though he's not as good as as the slot so I they've gotten some criticism they've gotten some criticism for doing that I see where they're coming from with it but you've got to settle with them and hope that you can get something out of that outside slot because let's face it even though DJ wasn't having a great year I mean he was okay but he wasn't lighting it up yet not having that piece has caused a domino effect in the receiver core mm-hmm. where nobody quite is able to play the role they're being asked to. So, uh, yeah, put LaVisca back in the slot and see how it goes. Yeah, and frankly, you just you don't have enough guys yeah. and that you're just trying to piece it together and figure it out. Well, the coach gave some accolades to Laquan Treadwell, so yeah. perhaps they'll find a role for him. They signed John Brown this week, who's 31, but was a speed guy a mm-hmm. few years ago. So, you know, maybe he can come in and, and, and find a role. It's... It's going to be a wide receiver by committee. They're going to have to have packages for guys. For sure. Yeah, some accolades to the entire college wide receiver class, too. So yeah, no, keep no, an eye on that. Yeah. Yes, I, don't, I, I don't think people needed that hint. <laughs> it was quite the hint. It was quite obvious. And now we will pay attention. That is, he will, he won't, he might. Presented by Move Day. Move Day is Jacksonville's most dependable and caring local moving company. Move Day is proud to be the official moving company of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To get a free instant quote, call 844-MY-MOVE-DAY or visit MoveDayMovers.com. We'll be back on Jaguars Drive Time. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time, brought to you by Fields Auto Group. It is time for some Monday's headlines today, predicting what will happen in Sunday's game against the 49ers. Are we optimistic? Are we realistic? Negative? What are we thinking, Brian? No, I'm optimistic today. I, I, I think we're due for a wow game, uh, even though it doesn't seem like it's possible for the passing game without um, without a big play receiver. But I think we're due for a really strong performance from Trevor Lawrence. You know, Listen carefully to what he said yesterday. Um, kind of get where he's at. Think I know where he's at. So I'm going to say the headline will be Golden Boy. 
uh, on Monday. Obviously, playoff of San Francisco and the 49ers. But I, I think if this team is going to win, he's going to have to make that drive mm-hmm. at the end of the game to set up Matthew Wright. So I'll be optimistic and say golden boy. I like it. We've been waiting for that drive. Make it happen on Sunday. See if we get it. I'm going to say, because <laughs> I'm negative Ned, I'm going to say crunch time. And what I mean by that is either, it'll work both ways, either Matthew Wright kicks a crunch time field goal, Brian, mm-hmm. like I know I'm following you, um, or it's crunch time where the 49ers just bring a little too much offensively and out physical the Jaguars a little bit. Um, I, I, I think it'll be the latter because, again, I, I just tend to go with teams that are fighting for playoff berths. This team feels like they're still doing that. On a side note on that, before we close up for the week, what an opportunity this is for the Jaguars it's a huge to show statement game. that what they have done in the last three or four weeks, you feel so much better about this team than you did right before the bye. Yep. They could be playing, you know, a team that's one and eight, where they go out and get a win, and you'd feel good about it, but you wouldn't know what it meant. They win this game, or even come, even stay with it. If it's twenty four twenty one, and you feel like boy they fought, now you've got a win against Miami, a win over the Bills, a really competitive game against a playoff team in the Colts, you bet. and another one. This is a chance again to show that what they believe they're building is for real. So. Uh, let's hope the headline is really something off that. <laughs> but crunch time is, we, is what I feel like it'll be. We still have right. eight weeks to go, and we're almost at Thanksgiving. Yep. I mean, that, that, there's a long stretch right. of football go. This would be a really big win. And if I have optimism, it's because of the way they played the Bills and the Colts yeah. in back-to-back weeks. I mean, it's an opportunity I'm not to show let, that, that they're what they think they you are. You bet. I'm yep. not going to let the inability of the offense um, keep me from thinking that this defense can make enough plays to mm-hmm. set them up. And that's why my headline is, got it done. The offense is not going to score more points. This is going to be a low-scoring game, and I don't see the offense all of a sudden hanging 30-plus on the 49ers. But the defense is going to play well enough to give the Jaguars an opportunity to win, and they will do enough, and they will get it done. There you go. Negative Ned. I, I, <laughs> I, I hope that it's crunch time positive, and I hope we got it done. Got it done. And Golden Boy. And, and well, that would be important because – Unfairly, I think, he has had to deal with that yeah. this week. He's had a week. Yeah. And let's end it with a win, shall we? It. And there you have it. That is Jaguars Drive Time on a Thursday. Stay with us on Jaguars.com all weekend long for your game day coverage. We'll be back Monday morning right here on Jaguars Drive Time.